Welcome to episode two of Two Large Dorks. I'm Brock. And I'm Jeremy. And uh, this week we're talking about wide receivers. Uh, just a little uh, news and notes for everybody. Uh, we are putting these out on YouTube uh, the it, under Two Large Dorks, as well as you can find a podcast version on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. And there's a feed at our Podbean uh dot com site it's two large dorks dot podbean dot com so i just wanted to put that out there thanks to everybody who's listening uh it means a lot and uh it's a lot of fun to do so we hope you're enjoying it as well um i do want to start this week on uh your general thoughts about wide receivers and, and how you went about ranking them yeah uh for me wide receivers are kind of becoming harder and harder as these years go on teams are spreading the ball out more more uh more relevant receivers out there i've kind of uh, when I first got into Dynasty, you know, that was kind of everyone was pro receiver. They last longer. Um, but now I've been kind of leaning towards more pro running back over receiver with just there being so many viable receivers and uh, so many young guys up and coming in the next the next couple of years. You know, everyone talks about how this was the best receiver class ever. Um, 2021 at the top of the receiver class might be even better. Um, so I've been kind of leaning towards um, just at least if I have one, you know, young stud on my team. And then other than that, you can kind of fill in, fill in the gaps around with, with some of the veterans and uh, just having a pulse on some of those younger guys that aren't, aren't you know, right at the top of the food chain. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's that's key. Yeah, there's been a, a number of good assets. Uh, I do think the last uh, couple of years uh, have been good reminders that although that class with OBJ uh, really hit it out of the ballpark their rookie year, uh, that it does take two to three years for wide receivers to – to really come into their own in the league. And uh, if you are, when you are spending those high end rookie picks on them, uh, you do need to be patient because it's going to take a little bit of time for them to, to really round into form and, and uh, get going sometimes uh, except for the, the real elite guys. And I mean, that's a, you know, when you see them type, but um, yeah, I agree. I think, I think we're in an interesting point right now where the, the great class from a few years ago is getting to that 26, 27, 28 year old range. Uh, so they're, they're starting to hit that apex physically uh, and start that decline. Now for the elite guys, that decline is, is much less steep than uh, uh, for guys in mid tiers or lower. But um, yeah, I, I think you definitely want, if you can to get a, a, a stud guy um, and then pair him with a, with one of those young guys who's in his first or second year who you think has a lot of upside and, and work from there building out, uh, after that. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, did you have any big difference or big differences from a lot of people think uh, in rookies or a guy that really stood out to you? Yeah. I just think, uh, like you were saying about the rookie receivers, like Nikhil Harry is like the absolute perfect example. Um, you know, he was consensus top receiver last year was going, you know, one Oh three, one Oh four. Um, Sometimes even even in front of the uh, the running backs, and now this year you you couldn't even get a, a late twenty twenty one or late twenty twenty first for him. If you offered the one ten one twelve, you'd probably be turned down for him. And you know what really happened? He sprained his ankle to start the year um, and was hurt, and never found a rapport with Brady, who's not even there anymore. They brought nothing else around him. If anything, to me it seems like he's in a better situation this year, but you know his value has just diminished greatly. I think we could see that with some of the guys in this class too. If they don't don't, don't produce right away, you know, 2020, 20, 2021 might be the perfect time to buy them. Yeah, I, I think if if we're gonna take from this class, and this will be a nice little tri- transition into rookies, 
Um, I think if we're looking at at this class where you might see guys like that, um, Ayuk uh, following in in Harry's footsteps from Arizona State uh, would definitely be a, a top contender. Uh, um, even like a Mims who needs a little bit of uh, refinement in the way he runs routes and, and gets open uh, is going to intrigue a lot of people. And obviously he took a hit with where he was drafted. But um, I think those two guys are guys where you might look and say, well, that that didn't quite have the impact we thought it might. Um, and actually, uh, for for me, the guy I'm going to guess does that will, might be Jalen Rager, and, and that transitions nicely into rookies because I know you were much higher on him. I don't think he's a bad player, but um, I, I know in some places he's going as that wide receiver three ahead of Ruggs um, or challenging Justin Jefferson at least for that. And uh, I, I think – the hype to me has surpassed what he did uh, last year. And I, and I know his 2000, uh, uh, his 2018 was, it was better than last year, but um, those are three guys that I think could, we could see that market correction go way too far after this first year. Yeah. I think almost all the young guys, I mean, um, CD lamb and Jerry Judy too, are going to be the clear, clearly second as far as CD lamb, probably third option. And, you know, I know C.D. Lamb hasn't seemed to lose um, quite as much. He's had just as much high post-draft with uh, Dallas losing a couple weapons. But I could see him, you know, struggling, being the clear, being the clear three, ending with five, 600 yards, and people being being pretty disappointed. And uh, same deal with Jerry Judy. They got the Cortland Sutton there as the clear number one stud. And I'm not, I'm not a big believer in Drew Locke, so I think, uh, I think he could take a big, big hit as well. Where yeah, I think. I think- I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you were I think Rager, it's just a big thing is where you value his talent. I think uh, the targets will be there. Just how good of a player do you really think he is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I don't think Rager's bad. I just, I think there's bigger holes than other people do. Uh, on Judy, I, I guess the one thing I'll, I'll push back against as far as him being that, uh, um, as being that guy who falls next year is who's, who's, who's challenging him for that second role. I, I don't, I think there's legitimate questions about whether Locke is going to be the long-term fix there, but outside of a tight end and, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton obviously being the number one, I, I think there's definitely a large amount of uh, targets right now for people in that offense. And I think Judy being what I thought was the best route runner coming into this uh, draft uh, has the ability to shorten that curve as far as getting on the field and being trusted to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, I think Noah Fant could easily be the number two. What he had, fifty-nine targets last year, and I think he could see a big, a big spike there. Um, they also brought in, you know, KJ Hill and uh, Alberto. So even if he doesn't see a, a huge, uh, like downtick in target, not downtick in targets, but problem with targets, uh, they didn't have any, any sort of wide receiver two, or any sort of like product, uh, like playable wide receiver last year in fantasy outside of Sutton. Oh, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. I think you meant KJ Hamler, not KJ Hill. Oh, yes. KJ Hamler. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. I, yeah. It, it's, I think, you know, and, uh, as you know, and, and as some people might know, I started last year doing projections. And, and for me, I have Judy right now at, at 94 targets, Sutton at 135, and Fant at 75. Um, and I think that, I think that's a pretty good split. Could, could Fant cut into that? that role a little bit more. Yes. But I, I think Hamler is the one that gets held back by Fant uh, taking, 
away some of those over the or those over the middle targets that a slant wide receiver would get. And I think Judy slots outside and and I don't think he I think the focus is going to be squarely on Sutton and it should be. Uh, but I think Judy might be a, a sneaky year one producer that that some people seem to be lower on uh, pre-draft than I expected to them, them to be, actually, which uh, was kind of odd. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like you said, have been been pretty low on him. It seems like most people, I would guess most people have Lamb ranked over him, even in, in season-long or Dynasty. Um, I know yeah, yeah and, and I can see it. I mean, with my with my draft rankings, I had Lamb and Judy on the same score. I think they they win in different ways. Uh, Lamb is more pure athleticism, not, and that's not discounting his ability as a receiver. He's he's a wonderful receiver, but uh, what really excites you about Lamb is watching him run away or run away and make guys miss in the open field. Where um, I know when we were talking at one point, I, I showed you that first play of Judy's from the LSU game where he makes a fairly talented cornerback fall over twice uh, on two different breaks in a route. Um, uh, before the ball's thrown and it's it's just it's it's hilarious to watch and really highlights just how proficient he is with his feet um uh, speaking or with you know judy at alabama uh, the the valuation of rugs right now uh among rookies is really interesting for me um i know we had a, a rookie draft here recently in which rugs fell to was it the middle of the second round um, I think so. Um, and I, I know other people have been putting him in that range as far as where they're ranking him uh, among rookie wide receivers. And I, I, I get it to some extent, um, because we've all been burned by extremely fast and athletic wide receivers who had a slightly lower market share in college. Um, but I, the, the draft capital is insane. Um, I mean, he went, what was it, 12 to the uh, to the Raiders. You know, I, yes, neither Carr nor Mariota is my favorite deep th- or deep target guy. Um, but I thought Ruggs at Alabama did a nice job of showing his ability to get open at multiple levels of the field. Um, and that he's dropping, I don't know, I, what's, what's did, did you pull up the rookie draft or no? I don't know. I couldn't find it. I just put the when I hit click draft. It pulls our startup draft up. Um, I can if you want to talk about a guy you like, I can pull it up on my yeah, app right I, now. I think uh, you know everyone just thinks of him as you know just a burner. All you know the, the stereotypical thing I think I've heard you know fifty di- different people say is you know, he's going to be a lot better for you know a, a real team than for fantasy football. Fantasy football, he's not going to be that valuable. Um, but you know in uh, as far as football, he'll be awesome. Uh, I just pulled it up here. He went at two oh three in our draft. Okay, yeah, and he was he what? Was what wide receiver was he? Uh, right, wide receiver five. I had two oh one. I took uh, Jalen Rager over him. But and I'm guessing Justin Jefferson went above him too, and, right? Yep, Justin Jefferson and Judy and Lamb, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I can see it. I have them all rated pretty close to each other in, in my dynasty ranks right now. Um, I'm actually higher on Rager than I probably would have thought I would have been if you talked to me before the draft. Um, and that's just because outside of Rager in, in Philly right now, they have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and an ancient Alshon Jeffrey. 
I mean, he's going to get the opportunities if he's good enough. And, and I think you have to weigh that with him being, you know, right on right there with the age. He's not a overage prospect. And although he was less productive this year, uh, Rager definitely was productive with more competent quarterback play in 2018. So yeah, I have, I have rugs Jefferson and Rager with at 26, 27 and, and 32 in my rankings. So it's not like I think any order is all, all that outrageous. I'm just a little surprised that, uh, you know, rugs has seemed to be somehow went to a place that needed wide receiver help and got discounted post draft, which I just seems weird to me. Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders receivers in general um, seems to be kind of a weird situation because uh, it's not like Brian Edwards has been really shooting up draft boards like you would expect if people are so low on on rugs. So I don't I don't totally understand what uh, you know people think is going to happen with that receiver car. I mean, obviously I know they have Waller still, but uh, one of these two guys is is going to get the volume. Uh, I kind of lean towards it being a little bit of a split, obviously, but I think rugs is more than just just the burner that. Uh, that everyone stereotypical stereotypically thinks of him as he wasn't used like that as much as people would think at uh, at Alabama. Um, it is a little tougher with ha- him having a lesser volume than a lot of uh, a lot of the top notch receivers, but they also have one of the best. I mean, probably one of the best receiving cores in in college football history. I mean, they're probably gonna have four number one draft picks out of that receiving core is uh, pretty crazy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, between them and uh, um. LSU, uh, we're, we're looking at uh, a team or two two teams in the SEC that could put out eight first round quality wide receivers uh, over the next couple of years, and uh, yeah, that's that's going to cause weird target numbers for everybody, I think. So, um, and, and we could be wrong. I mean, like I said, we've we've seen. If Ruggs is Darius, Darius Hayward Bay, he's still going to provide some value for your team, but. Uh, it's definitely not what you expect from somebody who went 12th in the draft. So, um, I people are w- working a little more risk in there than I I think they should, but uh, I I get the hesitation nonetheless. Um, was there anybody else in the rookies that uh, like landing spot or just when you were doing the rankings really stood out to you? Um, I just think uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. He's you know the other guy who went to uh, Las Vegas. It's just kind of a big a big question mark. You know what position is he even going to play? Everyone. Assumed it was going to be receiver. Well, now it's run- it sounds like they're going to play him at running back. I think for sure on sleeper, I know he has wide receiver and running back dual eligibility, which I think I haven't really heard many people talk about, and I think is like huge. If he can, you know, a Josh Jacobs injury, and all of a sudden he's getting six to eight carries a game and four to six targets, and I can play him as a, a wide receiver. I mean, that's huge. He also gives you depth at both positions. And I think when they changed that eligibility, we had kind of talked about this uh, pre-show that his ADP got way, way messed up because now his ADP on sleeper for a redraft is like the 950th player. I just did a startup on sleeper the other day and I was trying to find him and I'm scrolling and scrolling and searching his name. And finally you scroll all the way down and up there, there he is 950. Um, So I just think he's a great value and a great way to um, have, have depth at both positions. Something something that most websites don't have. I know he's just straight running back on NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's a it's a good reminder too that uh when you're going into drafts, uh whether it's printing out a cheat uh a sheet from you know your ESPN, your CBS Sports, you know, the athletic, whatever you're you're using, or if you're you're buying a magazine, having 
a list of guys and, and names that may not immediately pop up, whether or if you're doing it online in that top, whatever, uh, whatever those standard ranks are in that are going to affect what other people choose and what you choose and, and knowing how you value certain guys uh, to combat that kind of group think is, is going to help you do a better job of identifying um, sleeper guys and just guys you like more and not losing track of where they are and then losing out on having that player on your roster. Um, just even, you know, you don't have to do it what I do or, or what you've been doing a little bit more recently, which is, you know, ranking everybody and, and really had had deep hashing out what, what we think of, of players, but having, you know, guys that you're, you're focusing on and guys that you think could make a difference in dynasty this year, or, you know, three, five years down the road, you know, it's important to do that even when it doesn't match up to consensus, just so you have an idea what's going on. So. I think one other player that for some reason has that dual eligibility on sleeper is, uh, Reggie Bonifanio, the backup running back for Carolina. It looks like he'll kind of be the McCaffrey handcuff right now. Uh, I just think it gives him a little extra value. I really don't understand why he has it, um, but I just have him in a couple leagues, and I, and I know he does. Yeah, I'm not sure why he has it either. Uh, I'm guessing because he was originally, I believe he was originally played quarterback right after Lamar Jackson left at left Louisville and must have transitioned to receiver for a short bit before playing running back. It's the only thing I can think of, but um, yeah, that that's that's another weird one. Yeah, you should always just look through. I know, uh, I think it was Marcus Colston when he when he came out. Uh, not something that I know personally, but I was listening to a podcast where they mentioned it, and I I don't know which one it was off the top of my head, but yeah, I think it was. He yeah. was a wide receiver tight, or he had tight dual wide receiver tight end eligibility, and and became a real asset for people. So. Just looking for those quirks, knowing your scoring settings and taking advantage. Um, I know uh, on a personal note, I got in a, a dynasty league last year, uh, and something that really helped my team was knowing that we uh, used return yardage stats for people. Um, and it, it really gave me a couple guys deeper on my roster who ended up, up helping me during bye weeks and stuff who uh, performed at a much higher level because they were those return specialists. So. Yeah, I think it's a great reminder that, uh, you know, using Bowden, but also just for everything, making sure you know what your league rules are, those settings, and uh, looking for little ways that that can affect who is a difference maker in your league, especially in the Dynasty League where if you have 25 or 30-man rosters, you're going pretty deep on on who you're keeping on your rosters and using week to week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if we want to get into a little more of specific rankings where we got guys. Um, I know right away we want, you wanted to talk about uh, Michael Thomas. I kind of had him in his own tier at number one. I know we both both had him at number one. I had him in his own tier. I know you kind of um, – you did not. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not because I don't think Michael Thomas is a clear number one. Um, I think uh, – I, I don't know if there will be many people who don't have him there. Um, you know – the receiving core around him in New Orleans is, is still pretty meh. I, they've been pretty well known for not having a number two here for the last, I don't know, six, eight years of the Breeze era. And, and he's going to get 150 to 200 targets again this year because he gets open or creates separation reliably and, and Breeze trusts him implicitly. So I don't think it's, it's ridiculous, but it, it was interesting to me that, uh, 
with him being 27, he uh, uh, still came out as his own tier for you. And, and I have that the start of uh, wide receivers as a, as a four man tier for me personally with, with Thomas, uh, DJ Moore, Hopkins, and Adams. I'm definitely higher on Thomas than or on more uh, than a lot of people are. Um, I know we both had him at number two, and uh, I, I mean he's uh, of my top nine guys. He's the only one that's under 24. Um, and I think what he's done with inconsistent quarterback play in Carolina so far, um, and just his ability to, uh, you know to take advantage of the space that's created there um, and still being give me 23 this year during the season, but still being 23, I think he's in a dynasty setting, especially he's an asset to uh, work with. And uh, it just gives him an edge. Um, whereas the the rest of my first year, there are Thomas Hopkins and Adams and all three are 27 and, and Hopkins is pushing 28 here. Um, I know we had a, for being wide receiver ones, we had a relative difference there on Hopkins. Uh, you had him at eight, whereas I had him at three. Um, what? Uh, why, why so low for you on Hopkins? I, I mean, not. I'm not saying that you're down. You're not ridiculously down on anything, anything like that. But a half tier when you're talking about the top of your rankings is definitely a uh, is definitely a difference. Yeah, I just think a big thing. Uh, normally, typically receivers take a step back that first year with with a new team. He's going to Arizona, less time to, you know, build continuity together. What, he was wide receiver five last year. He had almost 150 targets. I would guess he'll take a little bit of a step back in um, the amount of targets he'll, he'll receive. And I would just rather have the upside of some of these other these other young guys that, you know, produced similarly to him um, this last year that are also, also a little younger and staying in, in good situations, in some cases some of them upgrading situation. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I'd say it. It's not an upgrade target-wise. Uh, I would say it might be an upgrade offense-wise. It just seems like Houston is mired in. Well, I don't think any of us know what Houston is mired in. Uh, they're they're mired in uh, in in Bill O'Brien, and and that's a scary place to be because you never quite know what's around the next corner. But uh, yeah, I, I, I get, there is a little more risk with a new team. I think. The nice thing with with Hopkins is you might be a little more worried about a uh, a guy who's getting to that peak and getting over the top uh, about him him sliding back. But Hopkins' game has never really been built on on speed, uh, and he is athletic and uses that. But he's also a proficient route runner and understands what he can do with his body to get open and get and catch the ball. So I'm not too worried about him taking a huge step back. But I, I definitely think that there's a reasonable concern about him getting 30 to 35 less targets this year and, and how much that affects him will definitely affect where he ends up on these, these ranks next year. So, um, but I, I'm still, I'm still optimistic and I just think peer talent level and how he's produced at this point and going to an offense that uh, is definitely going to move the ball around uh, shouldn't hurt him too much. Yeah. And I think I know, you know, him, Thomas and Adam or him, Thomas and Adams are all, all 27, but he's closer to 28 where the other two, you know, just recently turned 27. He's like six months older than Adams and and six or eight months older than Michael Thomas. Um, so it, it does make a big difference, but I think when you're splitting hairs up at the top here, I think it does make, make a little bit of a difference. Yeah, no, I, and yeah, I can definitely see that, that argument. So, 
Um, I'm just trying to get back to your tiers here. You have a you have a pretty large tier uh, from from Moore to Hopkins, um, and actually the the one guy that uh, jumps out to me on on your list. Well, actually, to uh, uh, our AJ Brown and, and Juju Smith Schuster to me. Um, not that I think either are are horrible players. I, I'm certainly on the lower end of where people have Brown ranked. I have him at 18, um, and I have Juju at 12. Uh, you have him at six and seven, respectively. I guess my my hesitance on on Brown is that he was much better in his rookie year than we expected him to be. And not that we shouldn't make adjustments based on this. I mean, for me, 18 is probably considerably higher than where I would have had if I did dynasty ranks last year. Um, and, and Juju at 12 is, I probably would have had him a little higher last year. So he got a bit of that, uh, post hype, uh, hangover for me. But, um, I just think Juju, I think last year kind of pointed to that. He's the perfect number two to take advantage of a bit less focus, uh, when he can play out of the slot more often and get deep. Um, and, and Brown, I, it's, I don't think Brown's a bad player, and I'm probably going to sound like a broken record on, on defending myself by saying I still like him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think Brown exceeded expectations last year in a situation that uh, got excess efficiency out of a system that almost certainly can't keep that efficiency this year. And so I – or this year or going forward, and I just wonder how much that – affects his true top end ability uh, uh, in the future. I just think a big thing with uh, AJ Brown will be like his total number of targets last year. He had finished at wide receiver 21 with 84 targets. Just looking at guys around him, uh, the two guys behind him, John Brown had 114 and Adams had 124. So that's 30 and 40 more targets um, last year, but finishing right around the same area. Like you said, obviously his efficiency was like, through the roof uh obviously if he kept that up he'd be easily wide receiver one but uh uh, i definitely think that's going to come come back to earth but i think just the increase in targets that he could see um the increase in efficiency that that offense had with Tannehill, i think really uh will help him with Tannehill being their full years their starter for the whole year while i don't think Tannehill is a great quarterback i think he's a big upgrade over over marcus mariota and they clearly used him in the right way and as far as Juju, I just think uh, the production he's had at such a young age is um, insane. I think I saw he would has he was in the top five for uh, receiving yards before turning 23. Um, I know he had a little bit of a down year last year. Part of that was due to injuries and due to just Big Ben not being there. I know even the first game or so when Big Ben was around, he he didn't wasn't great, and everyone uh, speculates like you said that he might be more of a number two, but. Uh, I think he could be an alpha. I know they've already talked this year about moving him back into the into the slot more, um, which I think could help him. Uh, I just think the way he's produced at, at such a young age, already having um, a couple top receiver uh, seasons uh, at only 23, 90, yeah, 20, a little over 23 um, is the reason I have him up there so high. Oh, yeah, and, and I get that. I mean, I still have him as, as my last wide receiver, one in my, my dynasty rankings, but – I think the other the other key point and 
and you weren't trying to make it, but I'll, I'll, I'll turn it back on you a little bit, is Big Ben's just about done, and there's nothing on that roster that gives you any confidence about the future. Um, no, he might not be there after uh, – is this last year's contract, or does he have one more after yeah, this? Yeah, this is last year's. It's like second-round pick, so there's no fifth-year option on him either. I okay, know, so – Already been the rumors. Uh, the one big beat reporter, reporter from uh, Pittsburgh has already reported that they don't plan on re-signing him. And I know that's what they have done in the past with receivers, Mike Wallace. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders when he came up. Yep, Emmanuel Sanders. The second time. A couple other guys, yeah, that they've just let him go. Um, I think they'd be crazy to do that. But uh, even if Big Ben doesn't comes back, doesn't come back, I think they'll find some sort of situation that's better than uh, the situation they found themselves in last year. Oh, and I hope so. And, and I, I mean, yeah, uh, like I said, he – He's my last wide receiver one. Uh, getting back to Brown, too. I, I know you think there should be more targets for him there. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he was 84, and he was 15 targets more than Corey Brown, who was their wide receiver, two last year. Um, and, and he – what? Or Corey, Corey Davis. Davis, sorry. Did I say Corey Brown? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Corey Davis, um, uh, who's still going to be there. And, I mean, yes – the result, if the results flip on them a bit, uh, well, I mean, they were nine and seven last year and they ran the ball. Yeah, they, they were nine and seven last year and ran the ball 445 times and passed the ball 448. I, I don't, I, even if they, even if they regress, like we all think a couple of games and end up in that six, seven win range, I don't think they're going to be a team that, panics and throws the ball to try to make that up and I just I guess I don't see where he gets all that much more uh volume as far as targets uh as long as he's in Tennessee with with that offense yeah I mean 84 is 44th in uh in targets last year so it's not like we're talking top you know low 20s to to teens even even if he just gets 20 or 30 more targets that can make up for, for part of that efficiency. What he finished his wide receiver 21 last year. They also got him a little bit involved with the run game, um, which can help a guy. Uh, I just think the, the talents there and the, uh, the situation seems to be there. Corey Davis. I, I'm not, not a believer in him. Obviously I don't think most people are at this point. They don't John Smith as a tight end. Okay. Um, they just don't really have many weapon weapons around him. Oh no, I, I agree. I, I, and I was a big Corey Davis fan coming out, and I, I still hold a little hope because, I mean, we can't with our personal favorite. We it's tough to not do that with your personal favorites. Um, I just, I, I guess, with the number of targets that were available last year, the number of targets available, or what we think the number of targets available this year are going to be, I, I can't imagine if he if he picks up thirty targets and that has to come away, that's a ten percent increase in the team's targets and probably puts him at a a 30 or 35% target share. And I, I just, there's no one who's doing that. Yeah. I'm, I might be a little high on him. Um, now that we break it down a, a little more, but uh, Juju is the one guy for sure. For sure. Wouldn't move down AJ Brown. I can, I can kind of see, uh, see moving him down a little bit. Yeah. And even if it's, uh, well, I mean, the bottom of the tier is obviously at eight there for Hopkins. And uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I I get why you're high on him. I guess I I tend to be a little more pessimistic about 
guys who had breakouts in their rookie year that we didn't really see coming. Um, not that, you know, the, the, the right ranking for him might be somewhere between us, you know, in that wide receiver 12, 13 range. So the, your, your, your worst starter going forward or your, your best number two or wide receiver two. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, you, you make some excellent points. His efficiency was off the charts, probably going to come back. I mean, he was, he had 20 yards per reception last year. That seems unsustainable. Um, but a full year at Tannehill, that offense finding its groove. I, you know, I, I think, uh, he'll be really fun to watch this year. Uh, you know, and, uh, for his sake, I, I, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope it's, uh, it'd be a real fun story, especially, uh, being overshadowed coming in the draft last year by Metcalf. Um, I thought he was more talented than given credit for. And, uh, uh if, if he could, uh, not necessarily sustain this, but see a little increase in his targets and keep the efficiency above 14, 15 yards per reception. He's going to far exceed, uh, most of our projections again this year, I would, I would guess. So, um, yeah, he, he'll be a fun one to watch. And I honestly didn't think we were going to spend, uh, this much time on AJ Brown, uh, seems like a, a pretty non-offensive, uh, ranking for, any of us, but it, it it's definitely something that uh, is going to be fun to watch. So, um, I, I guess we should uh, we should get on the topic uh, that, uh, much like Keyshawn Vaughn last week, might end the podcast after two. Uh, uh, and that's our differences on on Odell Beckham. Uh, you currently have him as wide receiver twenty four, so the last guy in your wide receiver twos. I have Beckham at wide receiver nine, and and I guess I'll go ahead and make my uh, real quick case before I let you spend 15 minutes tearing him down, which is uh, I think Beckham is extremely talented. Um, uh, I think, or I tend to believe that uh, he had a mismanaged in- injury uh, with the, the sports hurting injury that that Baker Mayfield uh, was the first one to kind of let us in on, and and others have reported on. Um, and I, I think that offense in general was a mess last year that didn't have an identity. Um, he was still um, he was still pretty efficient as far as what he did when the ball did get to him accurately. Uh, he uh, where is it here? Uh, he was at 14 uh, yards per reception, which is his career average. Um, he he had less touchdowns. Uh, he only had four touchdowns this year, so that definitely hurt uh, what he did in fantasy, and and that's that's to me the the biggest concern um, with him right now. Uh, but I think uh, we saw uh, with Stefanski as quarterbacks coach, uh, not last year, but the two years before that in Minnesota, uh, both Diggs and Thielen got 110 to 130 targets thrown their way. Um, and then last year that did come down for those guys uh, with Stefanski as head uh, offensive coordinator, but they did also bring Kubiak to be a, a pretty heavy lean on him uh, uh, as a special assistant to the head coach. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm bang, or I'm betting on Odell being back to physical freak Odell this year or in going forward uh, that that offense is going to be better put together. Um, going forward with Stefanski at the helm and uh, targets that aren't going to drop off too much, which I know is, is one of your big concerns with Odell. 
Um, I, I just think he's still one of the three most talented wide receivers in the league. And, and I'm willing to bet on that uh, as a low end wide receiver one going forward. Yeah. I think for me, the big thing is he had, he had all the volume in the world last year and you know, where did he finish wide receiver 25? I think uh, somewhere right around there. Uh, he had same amount of targets as Jarvis Landry, 130 uh, Landry finishes running back 12 or wide receiver 12. So everybody kind of uses the, the blame of the offense. And yet they did have a receiver that finished as a wide receiver one. Um, I know the second half of the year, especially when Kareem Hunt came back, they actually produced two wide receiver 20 or running back twenties. So I think everyone likes to blame the offense. I think that's a little bit of an oversight. I think while it didn't live up to our expectations, it's not like it was a bottom of the league offense. I think everyone had this expectation coming into it. Clearly they did not live up to that, but I still think, uh, I still think their offense wasn't as bad as everyone uh, everyone likes to, to talk about. Um, and if you look at, I think a big thing with him was they kind of used him as just the, the deep ball guy. I think uh, he was second in second in deep ball uh, targets, according to Pro Football Focus. And especially just if you look at his, his ADOT, um, I think his average ADOT uh, for his years with the Giants was like 11.75. And last year it was like 13.5, which in theory that should be a good thing. Um, but clearly, uh, did not help him at all last year. And then like you talked about them bringing in Kevin Stepanski, I think that could be, could be a major problem for, for his volume. I know with, uh, Minnesota, they went from the fourth highest passing offense the year before he took over as offensive coordinator. I think he, he took over maybe week, uh, near the end of the season, he took over as offensive coordinator in 2018 and then 2019, they were the fourth lowest. They also got their tight ends much more involved, which I think is clearly what Cleveland is looking to do with um, giving Hooper the most guaranteed ever for a tight end and that and drafting a tight end and then not uh, not yet getting rid of Njoku. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. And I think uh, last year, I think I saw that Cleveland was the fifth lowest um, in tight end target share at 13 uh, percent and Minnesota was all the way at 24 percent. Uh, and those guys can cut into his red zone numbers as well. Was a big thing where Minnesota used the uh, used the tight ends and uh, uh, ran the ball a lot more, obviously, which could also cut in cut into his touchdown not cut into his touchdowns, but um, not all for those touchdowns to increase like many are expecting or hoping. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I uh, yeah, and, and those are all those are all legitimate fears about him. Uh, I I absolutely understand and and agree with what you're getting at and I, I it'll be interesting to see what Stefanski does with the offense because that obviously is going to be I think that's going to be the biggest thing that decides whether I'm closer to right or you're closer to right it is how that distribution of run and pass plays goes uh, now that he's now that he's his own boss as far as what he wants out of the offense and how he wants the team to be situated. And I, I'm hoping he looks more to DeFilippo than he does to Gary Kubiak. To me, that's a no-brainer. Um, but it's definitely a risk that that you're clearly not willing to take, and, and I am. Uh, and that, that could uh, – either way is probably going to go uh, – there's probably not a lot of middle ground here. It, it's either going to, it's going to work real well for one of us and it's going to be a disaster for the other, I think. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, 
I, much like we said with, with Ruggs uh, and Rager uh, in the rookies, I think how you look at Beckham uh, is super fascinating. And you're, you're taking a faith on stuff that we don't completely know on both sides. Um, uh, and that, that goes for a lot of the points on both sides. Well, it goes for a lot of things we argue about in fantasy for everyone, which is we're taking all the available data and we're making our best guesses as to what the three years, five years in the future is going to look like. And well, we're going to be wrong a lot of times on those prognostications because six months from now, everything changes. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I just think, especially uh, looking from a dynasty perspective, obviously he's already, already 27 and a half and, uh, finished at wide receiver 25 last year. So even if he does see the, the increased, touchdowns a little bit, you know, put him at wide receiver 13, 14, 15, even for this next season. Well, then he'll be 28 and a half next year, almost 29 by middle of the season. And, you know, that's where you can really start to see, see the decline. Obviously everyone likes to look at Coolio now who has just been producing, producing. Everyone's been saying that the drop-off's coming for him and it just hasn't come, but I think he's much more of an outlier than, uh, than a lot of, than a lot of people think. And I just think in Dynasty, he could easily, we could go be going, talking about this in a year, a year from now, and he could be, you know, looked at as wide receiver 30 if he has another another similar season uh, to uh, this last year. I just don't see the the upside in him, even if they, he does perform a little better than than last year. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I, to me, the 27 and a half doesn't worry me. Um we're we're both super confident in guys who are that age uh, above him, um, and around him in our in our rankings. So that that doesn't the the fact that he's twenty seven and a half doesn't bother me. Um, to me, he last year I, he had a catch rate that was seven percent lower. Whether that was the increase in a dot uh, with the uh, younger quarterback who's willing to just air it out, uh, whether it's close or not. Uh, we can argue about that, but uh, even if he regress, if he regresses back to career norms, even with a bit of a target reduction, I, I, I think that I think that we're still looking at a receiver who has immense talent and and who makes enough big plays that that touchdown number just by happenstance has a has a chance to come back to uh, a bit more towards what we we think he is, um, and I'm willing to bet on that. But I, I definitely think that. There's a chance if I redo these once more before uh, the season starts that he could be closer to where I, or he could be closer to that wide receiver 12 to 15 range instead of up at nine for me. So I, you definitely make some good points and stuff that I can't out and out refute uh, uh, or just ignore. And, and that that definitely uh, that definitely matters. So, yeah. And for uh, me, the, the biggest difference uh, with the other guys that are 27 is, you know, if Odell finished at wide receiver 12, where. Jarvis Landry finished this last year. I think uh, that would kind of change his outlook. I mean, the other guys, obviously, Michael Thomas had a, a, a record-setting year. Uh, Adams even finished in front of uh, Odell with you know a game and a half less or two and a half less games. Um, Evans was right up there in the top five before he got hurt. Um, Allen Robinson was a top ten guy this last year. So just the rest of these guys that are in his um, – and obviously I skipped over – the obvious one, Hopkins, who was what wide receiver five on the year. Just the rest of these guys that are around his age just finished in that that top ten, top twelve range. 
where sure. he, ha- he had the volume and he's got the age, but he didn't didn't get the production like the rest of those guys did. That's just what worries me the most. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. Uh, we don't. We, we've we've spent enough time on this argument. Uh, I I would like to actually see. I don't have anything quickly at hand about what his accurate pass percentage looked like on his targets last year uh, from Baker. Uh, but I, I think the the fact that he was six percent lower on his catch percentage last year compared to his career with Eli Manning not being the most accurate of passers uh, definitely is something that that stands out to me, especially with the 130 targets last year. Yeah, the uh, I'm not sure. We'll we'll have to check on the uh, the catchable the catchable passes. I don't don't have that number either. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think he was definitely our biggest biggest disagreement of all um, of everyone. Uh, yeah, think, absolutely. Um, did you want to get to? Uh, uh, was there anybody that that stood out to you in, in our top? Uh, I will just say each of our top 24s. Um, yeah, I think the next guy for me would be Cooper Cup. Um, I had him all the way at 13, and you had him all the way down at uh, wide receiver 28. I don't know if you wanted to talk about why you had him um, down at 28. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. Uh, I guess... No. I don't. No, just kidding. Uh, I don't. With Cooks not there, um, Woods, who I have at at twenty nine, uh, maybe I'm too low on both of them. Uh, I can or not too low on both of them, but maybe they shouldn't be right next to each other. One of them should definitely be higher. Um, that's. It's a good question, and me having and hawing here without having a real uh, bite back probably isn't the greatest. Uh, let me. You want to talk about why yeah, you have him just, so high? Uh, well, I just kind of yeah get my thoughts here together. Uh, wide receiver four on the year last year that was coming off a torn ACL as well, where people thought he might uh, you know have a slow start to the season, which he clearly did not. He actually had kind of a slow finish to the season. Tight ends or uh, touchdowns did really carry him. Um, especially at the end of the season, finished with 10, 10 touchdowns. That was the second most of any receiver. Uh, 132 targets, which isn't anything anything crazy. I just think that uh, he'll have a similar year to this last year. Obviously, Brandon Cooks being gone, Todd Gurley being gone, that, that offense might not be as, as efficient. You could see those touchdowns maybe coming back a little bit. Uh, I just think he's going to be very similar to last year, a sure-handed guy. You know, everyone thinks of him as a consistent guy. I don't think he was as consistent last year with being more touchdown dependent than you'd think of as the stereotypical white slot receiver who gets eight to ten catches a game. That wasn't um, as quite the case as you might expect. Uh, but I think he's going to finish right around right around that same range. You know, probably a guy you don't necessarily love having as your top receiver, but um, if he's your your wide receiver too, uh, absolutely awesome in my opinion. Yeah, and I can I I can absolutely agree with that point. Um, I, I guess I prefer him as as my wide receiver three. Um, I think of him like Jarvis Landry plus. 
Uh, and maybe that's why he ends up at, at 28 for me. Cause when I'm ranking other guys, I just think of upside so much more. Um, and him and woods end up in a, uh, let's see, that is my tier, my tier four. Um, and the, the guys with them right now are, uh, Ruggs and Jefferson, who are both rookies, obviously have that upside on, on teams that, that need receivers to fill, uh, vacant roles. Um, and then you have guys like uh, Marquise Brown, uh, Christian Kirk, Michael Gallup, Calvin Ridley, and a guy I know we talked about before we we hit record here, uh, uh, Anthony Miller. Are, are all are those are the guys in front of him? And I know we talked on the the running back uh, pod. Uh, for me, when I do tiers, those are all guys I think you could make interchangeable. Uh, so that means for me, Cup Cup could slot in anywhere from twenty one to to twenty nine. Uh, which puts him right in the, or squarely in that end of the wide receiver twos tier. Um, I, I guess I just I prefer the upside of younger guys um, uh, ahead of him. The only guy is older um, uh, after that, those first and second tiers. The only guys that are older than him right now that I have above him are Keenan Allen and uh, Julio Jones. And Galladay is the only one that's that's. Uh, in that age, 26, uh, or Galladay and Diggs are the only two that are in the age 26 uh, year um, that Cup is in right now. He'll be 27 midseason. But, uh, yeah, I guess I just – I like the upside of the younger guys I have above him. Um, but he's probably going to be a consistent slot option here for another uh, six, eight years for some team. Um, and that's that's useful. I just think he – I, I fear that he's going to have that inconsistency and drop off that we saw from a guy like Cobb, um, who probably would have been even higher than than Cup is five years ago uh, in the middle of that Packers run. Um, and uh, I think that, although I don't, I wouldn't say no to moving Cup up to the top of this tier because he has been. Uh, pretty consistent here the last uh, two years uh, or th- with his performances the last two years, I should say when he's been healthy. Um, I just, I-, I like the upside of the guys in front of him. Um, I know with, with Miller in this tier, I'm just going to transition right into that. If that's all right with you. Yeah. Um, it, yes. Miller doesn't have the quarterback play right now. That's going to consistently highlight him as that wide receiver two in Chicago. Um, and I, and I don't think what I think works in Miller's favor where cups doesn't is I don't think there's a tight end on the roster in Chicago. That's going to, um, that has a chance to really disrupt what he should be to that offense. Uh, Robinson's going to get his targets. Cohen's going to get his targets after that. Uh, Miller's clearly the most talented guy on that team, uh, where I think, uh, uh, Who's the uh, head coach in, for the Rams? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay. Uh, McVay has shown his ability to consistently get targets to less talented guys and put Goff in a situation to make easy throws, no matter who that's to. And while I think Nagy's a, a fine offensive coach, uh, he hasn't really shown that ability to to make mediocre chips better. And I think Miller has uh, shown enough flashes for me that I think his upside – uh, could be or is higher than cups, but I would definitely admit that that cups downside is pro or that cups floor is 
is much higher than than Miller's is. Yeah, I'm like I'm way on the opposite end. Where do I have Miller? Well, anyways, I just think uh, you know everyone. There's no tight end of consequence, but like you, I know you touched on Tariq Cohen. He did see a hundred tar- over hundred targets last year. And uh, uh, you had Miller at sixty-one, by the way, if that's what you're looking for. Okay, yeah. Oh, you have him way high, yeah. Um, so he he did see over hundred targets last year. Allen Robinson saw one hundred and fifty-three targets last year. Uh, he's almost right in the AJ Brown range, so eighty-one targets. Where you know, if you compare him to you know, target-wise to a guy like A.J. Brown finished as wide receiver 21. Allen Robinson was wide receiver 4. Uh, or Anthony Miller was wide receiver 56 last year. I just think it's not going to be a great offense, even if he does see a little bit of an uptick in targets. I know he did have a good a good finish to the season that he's not a super young guy by any means, and he's not, not a guy that's shown production. For me, he just falls in that middle range of guys that I don't really like. You know, he's 25 and a half, and I would much rather have a real young guy that, that has more upside or or a veteran guy that's, you know, shown a little more consistency or at least a guy even his age that's shown a little consistency. He was an older prospect coming out, uh, later breakout age. Uh, just not, not a guy I'm a big fan of. I know for you a big thing is just betting on uh, raw talent with him, and uh, maybe it's something I'm missing, but I just – I haven't seen the product production there, and uh, I don't really see uh, see a big change in their offense this year that would really boost him up much. Oh yeah, I, and and I get that. Um, uh, yeah, I and you know the the Bears gave target or gave targets to to guys I don't you know quite get. Gabriel's gone. He had forty eight targets last year. Wims had thirty nine. Um, but the, the, those Robinson, Cohen, and Miller were the, the three guys there. And even with uh, Trubisky or Foles, whoever it is, I, I think I think Foles could be a, a huge thing for him as far as just the randomness of touchdown production because we know Nick Foles will will throw that deep ball, um, and 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 give that the, those guys a chance to get under it. Um, so. Yeah, I, it's it's another guy that uh, until you pointed it out to me, I, I hadn't noticed while uh, really uh, trying to to work out the kinks in my rankings, and 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 probably a guy I'd have a little bit farther down um, that you that you have mentioned it, but I, I think uh, I think he if we see he could he could easily have a hundred target season this year, and there's there's not a lot of guys who there's. Yeah, there, 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 there isn't an overwhelming abundance of, of that, even in a more pass happy era in the NFL right now. Yeah, and I think for me, just I'm obviously really high on Allen Robinson. I both, I know both of us are um, higher than most. Just having both of them as top twenty four uh, uh, receivers, especially having Robinson all the way up at seven, um, really puts a lot of a lot of pressure on that pa- pass offense that probably and a lot of efficiency needed. That probably will not be there. I mean, not a lot of teams produce two top 24 receivers, much less a team like the Bears, who's also giving a, a running back, you know, at least 80 targets. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, I, that, that's that's absolutely fair. But I, I don't think Robinson's targets can go up much more. He had 154 last year, and, and Cohen had 104 at running back, and I don't think you're going to see 
too many, uh, you know, much more than that for a running back. So without any considerable talent being added to that receiving core, um, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm willing to to take a, a gamble on Miller and, but calling it a gamble, I, I probably should drop him down into the, the next tier I have instead of that, that tier that runs from 21 to 29. So I, yeah, it, it's, I, I like doing this cause, uh, uh, doing this and then, I write. I like to write about my rankings too, just because it it forces me to, it forces me to defend positions. And and when we get into situations like this, or or a bit with the Odell one too, uh, where I can't uh, quite make as convincing a uh, a point as I'd like to on a player, it definitely tells me I need to go back and 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 think about those rankings and where I have a guy. So. Yeah, I think that that's the best part of doing an exercise like this is this is what I what I think I really value a guy, but then you you know you get another perspective, just like me on AJ Brown. Well, you get another perspective, and okay, um, you know maybe I'm I'm too high on him. Um, I know the last guy we had here uh, in big disagreements, uh, uh, and actually we can we can talk about two here. The guys you have uh, are actually three guys here. Uh, you have. Rashad Perriman at, at 66, uh, Julian Edelman at 75, and, and Elshon Jeffrey at 76. Um, and I have both Edelman and, and Jeffrey are outside my top 125 right now. Uh, and, or all three are outside my top 20, 125 right now. Um, what, why are you so high on? Let's start with Perriman because he's 26 and a half, maybe 27 or so uh, midseason. Uh, hasn't really lived up to the, the, the hype. Uh, that a lot of people had for him. So uh, start there, and then we can talk about the the two old guys. Yeah, I think for me it's just going to be volume, just where he went with landing in uh, in New York, playing that Robbie Anderson role. Uh, Robbie Anderson was what a top, oops, you know, a top thirty receiver at least last year, and uh, he showed Perriman showed flashes at at the end of the season. He was kind of a guy that. I wasn't really sure. I moved him up. I moved him down. Um, kind of just landed at 66. I just think he still has that upside. Obviously, typically you don't see the, the late breakout. I know we did with Devontae Parker last year. And, you know, it wasn't just uh, situational for him last year. I think they did have some guys behind him that could have stepped in with Justin Watson or Scotty Miller in Tampa Bay. And he kind of kind of showed himself as as the alpha dog. It might be a little bit of overreaction just because I was totally wrote him off last year. Totally didn't think he was going to perform to anything. And, and he did now landing in New York. He's uh, just going to be that, that number one guy that sees, uh, you know, 80 to a hundred targets for the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing is just uh just landing spot and potential volume. Well, uh, and and I guess I'll make this one point as to his late season breakout. Um, Scotty Miller got hurt in that December fifteenth game against Detroit, and that's when Perriman had his three weeks that were of note last year. Uh, his three one hundred yard games were after Scotty Scotty Miller and unknown and unsug rookie. All of his hamstring was that's when Rashad Perriman finally did anything on, on uh, for the the Buccaneers last year. Um, I the the Robbie Anderson role is is definitely a thing there with the Jets. Um, uh, what is uh, who else is on that roster right now? It's Anunwa coming back from a season-ending injury. 
Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims and and, uh, and not a whole lot else. So there's yeah. there's definitely going to be opportunity for them, but I, I I mean it's not like those Baltimore teams were loaded with talent uh, that he got drafted onto, and and he wasn't able to 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 parlay that into anything of of too much substance either. I I think as far as Jets receivers go, I, I'm looking at Crowder. Uh, getting 130 targets or whatever again. Uh, and then I, it's probably Herndon and Mims uh, as far as guys catching passes that I'm interested in and in, in for the Jets before I get to Brashad Perryman and having any confidence in it. But And at 66, you have him as a, as a mid-range wide receiver six on a roster. So I, I don't think... I don't think the lottery ticket is a bad thing, especially with the uh, with the targets that could be available over the next couple of years for him uh, with the Jets. And if Darnold takes a step forward, he's going to need to throw the ball somewhere. Um, I guess I just uh, I I there's guys I'd rather take a shot on and a lottery ticket on and, and much better offenses um, than wider or than pass catcher three or four in a in an Adam Gase offense. Yeah. I also think it, he is a. A lot of guys in this area are getting more, you know, roster dependent. What does your roster look like? Do you need a Do you need a safer option? Are you a little thinner at wide receiver, um, as opposed to taking a shot on like a real young, young rookie um, or like a an older veteran? He, there's still a little bit of upside baked in with him. Um, I think if you look at what Robbie Anderson produced last year, he could, he could be very, very similar to him. He finished at wide receiver 41. I mean, no, nothing, nothing special, but. I think uh, an, an asset to your team that, that can definitely definitely help. Absolutely. And then I just touched on Edelman and Jeffrey here real quick. Um, I, my, for me, why Edelman slipped so far down my rankings uh, is because he's 34 and lost uh, the quarterback that he would seem to be so dependent on. Uh, he can still get open in that short area space, but – I, I without Brady there uh, and not having a whole lot of face in, in Stidham, uh, I, I'm not too co- or confident in him being much more than one year, uh, maybe two left, uh, being uh, di- or fantasy relevant. And then Jeffrey just uh, Jeffrey fell off the cliff. He's a 30 year old wide receiver with a with a Liz Frank injury um, in his foot, and uh, for someone who. Uh, definitely took a huge step back last year or the last couple of years. Uh, I, these are just guys that even, and they're, they're filling up roster spaces that could be used just as a, uh, with, with much more upside to me than uh, what I'd be, what, what I'd want to fill with, with either of those guys. I, it doesn't have to be much of a conversation. It was just something I noticed and I, I wanted to point out. So, yeah, I think Edelman, I'll agree with you on. He's someone that I, I've, I'm going to move him down after this. I, I don't really like, Jeffrey, I just think, again, it can be another volume-driven thing. He was hurt, I mean, almost all of last year. Bicep strain, calf strain, ankle sprain, and then the mid, midfoot Liz Frank uh, injury. Just early in the season, they're not going to have many many places else to go to other than other than him. I know they brought in a bunch of young guys. Uh, he's just, again, kind of like a guy, um, like we were just talking about, if you, ne- if you need someone who, who might actually play, you might actually have to play him, whether it's a league where you start a few more guys or you're thinner at the position. I think he's a guy that you can at least get production out of. He started off the season, you know, all right last year. Um, had a couple big weeks. What was that, week 13? He had a big week um, before really getting hurt. 
think he's a guy that will at least produce for you if you do need someone. Um, another guy that maybe maybe I should move down a little bit um, when I look at look at him compared to some of these other young guys. Uh, I just think a guy, a plug and play guy that, um, depending on where where your team sits, is always useful to have. Yeah, well, and the one thing I'll say about plug and play early in the season is is he. Uh, the speculation right now is that he's not going to be ready for week one after the Liz Frank surgery. So uh, that that's another big reason for me uh, with, with an older guy coming back from a, an injury that's tough to come back even for you or can be uh, troublesome even for younger players. Um, you know, it, it, it caused Marquise Brown to miss a, a fair amount of the start of last season. And uh, I just, I worry about, I worry about Jeffrey, not just for this year, but, uh, going forward too, I just I don't see with him seemingly breaking down, and I don't want to say injury prone because you are till you aren't uh, with that kind of stuff. But um, it it was just one of those things where I, I just I noted it, and it was one of those old guys, and and we definitely come at uh, uh, veteran players a little bit differently in our ranks, and I just thought we should uh, highlight it a little bit. So, um, uh, where do you want? Do we want to hit on the two Allens and then and then get out of here? Or? Oh, just one more thing on Jeffrey. I think. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Something I might have overlooked a little bit. I guess I didn't. I kind of thought he was going to be ready to go to to start the season. Something I'll have to look at uh, a little more. Probably move him down a little bit as well. Certainly. I uh, uh, let's uh, you uh, you highlighted the two Allens. So Allen Robinson and 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 Keenan Allen. Uh, for Robinson, you compared him to Mike Evans, uh, who. I know for me uh, is a is a tough guy to rank. Um, uh, he's definitely performed. Uh, his ceiling is you know wide receiver two or three. Uh, his floor some weeks seems to be wide receiver sixty. Um, he definitely has the talent, but with with Brady coming there, uh, how well will they will they be able to utilize his his skill set? Um, uh, so. Uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll let you take the reins. Uh, this is kind of your baby, and then we'll uh, I'll respond. And we'll go from there. Yeah, I think you must have moved him down or moved Robinson up since I had last looked at your rankings when I kind of made this rough outline because I was good was pro Robinson. I thought you had him way too low, and now looking at your rankings, you have him uh, have him actually higher than I do. Um, so I think we're kind of right in line with with both these players. I have them both a little bit behind where you do. Um, yeah, I had Robinson at at twenty in my first set, so I'm guessing that's where you got it from. Uh, yeah, I had him at twenty, right. and and Evans at at three, and and they kind of they both moved toward each other. I mean, Robinson yeah. made a big jump up to seven, which, uh, you know, pro- I I probably will be I'll probably shuffle him down a touch, maybe move Hill above him, and and end up with him at in that eight to ten range. Uh, but I I think uh, you 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 had pointed out. Uh, that Robinson was uh, wide receiver seven and nineteen, um, and Evans was uh, is that? Well, he was he was wide receiver from week one to fourteen, and then kind of dropped off at the end. Um, yeah, I think they're both uh, for both of them. Quarterback play is huge. Um, we know what Robinson's quarterback play this year is going to look like. It's either Trubisky or uh, uh, Foles, neither of which I have a whole lot of confidence in, I mean, more than Foles, but Foles got beat out by a, a, a six round rookie last year uh, after getting a big contract. So it's not like he's the answer in Chicago uh, and Brady is going to be good enough for Evans year one, but 
how far is that drop off to whatever comes next in Tampa Bay? Um, especially with Chris Godwin emer- emerging, uh, is definitely going to be something. Is a, definitely a a dynasty storyline we're all going to have to watch. So even if we don't have the debate we would have had uh, before I redid my rankings here, I, I think the comparison there is a comparison not many people would have made. Uh, those two being fairly similar archetypes moving forward here for the next couple of years in dynasty. Yeah, it was something I didn't even realize. They were basically the exact same age, and like you said, a similar sort of receiver. Just that that torn ACL thrown in in there really um, really hurts Robinson when you kind of look at his career numbers compared to uh, uh, compared to Mike Evans. But, well, and, and quarterback play too. I mean, Robinson yeah. has had to uh, catch passes from Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky, and and love or hate Jameis. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, he's gold for wide receivers. Um, uh, whereas, uh, you know, Robinson, yeah, the, the, the knee injury and the quarterbacks have definitely kept him from be getting, uh, the love that uh, you would think someone with his talent would get in fantasy. And, and that's, for me, that's worked out well. I, I, I've, or have him in a number of league, uh, keepers and dynasty leagues, uh, just cause I really liked him coming out of Penn state. Uh, the, the things he did there, uh, making horrible quarterbacks look good. Uh, has definitely translated to the NFL. Um, the other Allen uh, is Keenan Allen. Uh, you compared him to Robert Woods. Uh, the weird part here again is we're about even on Woods, um, but you have Allen ranked uh, just ahead of of Woods, uh, where I have uh, Keenan Allen at wide receiver fifteen. Uh, so um, you want? I'll let you. I'll let you start off again here, and then I'll. Uh, I'll talk too much and you won't get another word edgewise after you stop. So, yeah, for me, I think a big thing with him was just that, that Philip rivers connection and, you know, that good offense uh, with bringing in the rookie and bringing in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I think that's, that's going to take a hit to him this next year. Uh, he kind of had a, a rough finish to the season starting off the year with what he had big games, 123 yards, 98 yards, 183 yards, um, never reached 100 yards the whole rest of the season. Well, I mean, granted, one year was, one game was 99, so you uh, basically did that week. Uh, I just think there's a lot of guys in this. I just think he is very similar to Robert Woods. They, what, Keenan Allen last year finished as wide receiver six. Robert Woods was 14. Uh, the big discrepancy there um, was touchdowns. Uh, I just don't see a huge difference between the players. That's why I kind of had them um, bottom of my tier four. Uh, had them kind of right next to each other. Guys that are getting a little older, but will, should still be product, pretty productive for the next year, possibly two years. And then you could kind of see a decline. Uh, I just didn't see a big difference between those two. And I know you had the, the big gap between them. Yeah, I, I guess for me, uh, with, with uh, Keenan Allen, uh, I don't think the quarterback – change is going to hurt him that much uh rivers the last couple of years especially as the season has has gotten deeper or since we've got or we got deeper into the season uh we definitely saw rivers uh hesitate to and just not throw deep when allen was open um and i think both tyrod and herbert uh sh- should be able to utilize his ability to get open uh in the intermediate to deep uh, areas of the field better than rivers has the past couple of years. And I, I just, I think overall he does things better than, than woods. 
Uh, Woods, the first name that I was trying to think of a comp in my head fantasy wise for Woods, and and it, it might be unfair, but he reminds me a lot of Lee Evans uh, in the the early two thousands. A guy who produces well and is talented. He just never you you don't think of him as a guy who's going to get up into that. Um, he's not going to get to that wide receiver six those wide receiver six seasons like Allen can, uh, and he's going to be. What, what did you say he finished last year? Uh, wide receiver 14. Wide receiver 14. Yeah, I, I think that's his range. I think he's uh, he his upside is a high-end wide receiver too. And, and even without Brandon Cooks, I, I just I don't, I'm not sure that his upside is much higher than, you know, a wide receiver 10 to 14 where Allen, if Tyrod or Herbert can consistently get him the ball when he's open, uh, he's absolutely capable of, of a top six uh a season going forward, at least a couple more years here. Yeah. I just think they weren't even very far off last year, but Robert Woods did miss a game and uh, I'm pretty sure he put up a zero last year as well, which obviously you got to hold that against him, but you know, you take out those couple, couple weeks that he really struggled and they're, they're almost finished the exact same. I'm not really sure what happened. That was week, week six. He put up a zero spot against San Francisco. Um, did he miss a game with a concussion last year? Uh, don't exactly remember the injury. Let's see. Uh, not sure. I don't have the injuries here in front of me. I just know he did. He did miss a game. It looks like it was. Uh, I'm not even sure what week, but he did miss a game in there somewhere. Sure. And uh, yeah, I, I and again, much, much like the Evans and Robinson. Well, much like the Evans and Robinson comparison, kind of got us to two guys who are more similar than expected. Uh. I think you can relatively say the same thing for uh, for Woods and Allen. I mean, I, I absolutely think that Allen has a higher upside, but the fact that they have finished as close as they have uh, isn't uh, uh, is a bit surprising and definitely something to, to keep an eye on. So, yeah, I think, um, I think that's a, about all we uh, had as far as topics to do. We want to uh, knock the uh, twelve wide receiver uh, little mod draft here, and, and we'll get out of here and and uh, let people get on with their day, huh? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, All right, you... I had the first pick uh, last week, so uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to do this. We've we've already talked about the top of both our tiers. Uh, we have the same one and two. Uh, I assume you're going to take Michael Thomas here. Yeah, and, and I'm going to take DJ Moore. Uh, and I know we both love him. Uh, you gave me a, a sweetheart deal for Moore in one of our dynasty leagues, um, and I think both of us would uh, trade for Thomas at the at the at a drop of a hat. So. I, if, if it's all right with you, I'd say we just move right on to pick three. Yeah. Um, yeah, for pick three, um, I would probably take Terry Kill here. Uh, the biggest question mark for him is he does have the off-the-field off issues, even if you don't care about you know anything with that, just the possibility of suspension. Uh, I was really surprised he didn't get a suspension at all last year. That's just something you always got to kind of think about with him. But I think his upside is tremendous. He has, he has those week-winning weeks, league-winning league weeks, um, that uh, can just change change your week with just one player, and obviously being tied to Patrick Mahomes is exactly what you want. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think him and the only person who can come close to those league-winning weeks is, is Thomas with the volume of, t- uh, of targets and catches that Thomas can rack up. Otherwise, I don't think there's anybody else who really has – you know you're going to get two or three of those weeks a year out of. So I, I think that's – a 
Uh, for me, the the suspension downside and just that I he's the type of player uh, with his uh, build that that might break down earlier than some. And already being 26 uh, worries me a little bit, but I, I don't think it's an outrageous pick. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, we've, we've already talked about him, so I won't linger too, uh, too long on it. I'm going to go with Hopkins. Uh, he's my number three, but I think, uh, we've seen what, uh, Fitzgerald was able to do as a, as a security blanket for Kyler last year. Um, and I think Adam or, uh, Hopkins is, uh, is a, a younger, better version of, of what Fitzgerald brought to that team last year. And, uh, the targets might go down, but, uh, that offense is definitely going to put him in better places to consistently get utilized than, than Houston did last year. So, um, Hopkins will be my pick at, at four. Yeah. Um, are we, are we alternating this week? Uh, I know we had oh. done one, two, three, uh, four, five, the last couple of weeks, but I just, I don't want to step on your toes. Oh, uh, no, but sure. you, you jump me at three. So I, I, I figure we can just alternate. That's fine. Uh, okay. So you go ahead. Five. Right. I can, yeah, I completely forgot. Um, my next pick will be Devonta Adams. I think I kind of assumed coming into the year that they were going to bring in somebody to kind of compete with him more than just Lazard and Funches and Jay Sternberger, but uh, that wasn't the case. He could easily be the only receiver to see a 30% market share this year and lead the league in targets. As much as everyone likes to rip on Rodgers now, he's still a top top 12, top 12 quarterback at, at worst. And, you know, seeing that many targets for a top 12 quarterback, it, He's going to finish right up there the next couple of years. Absolutely. I, I'll play devil's advocate uh, just a little bit. I, I would pick Adams here as well. We both have the same four and five. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, my next pick will be Godwin. But uh, And actually, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, well, uh, Godwin will be my next pick. And, and actually, my concerns for both are this. We don't know what the future looks like for either offense. Um the Packers draft would suggest that they're looking to run the ball more uh, and put Rodgers in positions to run more play action and just be a bit more conservative. Um, that's that's the only knock on Adams that I can think of right now. He's still 27. That puts him five years of pr- pretty good or of solid elite production ahead of him. Uh, as for Godwin getting Brady this year, who knows what that's going to bring? Uh, Godwin could drop a bit. Uh, you know, closer to where you have Evans at 11 uh, after this year because we don't know what the quarterback's going to be or what that offense is going to look like in general. Uh, but I think that's the only knock on him. Godwin's been extremely productive now uh, last year and at the end of his, his rookie year. Um, and, and I think he's uh, – him and Moore are the only two guys in my top nine that are – or uh, yeah, my top nine that are under the age of 25. And I, I think that upside is a no-brainer at five. Yeah, uh, for my next pick here, I'm going to go a little off my ranks. I'm just going to go Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I just think his age, the production he's had at, at such a young age, I know this last year was was a little disappointing quarterback situation, and I think uh, the biggest thing that was a problem with him was knee inju- or was injuries in general. Um, I know he had, I think, a toe sprained early in the season. Um, he didn't, didn't miss any games because of that, but clearly slowed him down, and then a concussion and a knee sprain at the end of the year. I think we're going to see a big bounce back year, and I think I might be a little biased on him too. I really just like him as a guy as well. I I try to keep you know that kind of stuff, uh, you know, away from fantasy, but uh, I just think he's awesome and his uh, his production at a young age is uh, something that most guys don't don't ever have. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, like we said, we've talked about Juju enough uh, earlier, but yeah, he, he he's definitely he's definitely at the upside uh, to be a, a mid to upper range wide receiver one. Um, and although it wouldn't have been my next selection, uh, I I definitely understand it. And and if he can, they can find a way to utilize him where he wins. Uh, he he will vault back up into that that mid wide receiver one range next year. Um, I I too am gonna deviate a little bit from from what I had here. Um, I have Evans at six in my ranks, but uh, after our conversation and and what I said about you know, Godwin, I think uh, I'm actually gonna go Allen Robinson here. Uh, they are the same age. Uh, I just know Robinson's gonna. He's probably gonna get 130 to 150 targets until uh, he has to move somewhere else, or uh, they just stop running the offense, the passing game through him. Uh, whereas Evans has the Godwin consideration, uh, and yeah, uh, that, that's why I'm gonna go with Robinson. It's you know nothing too major, but it's. You know, that's, I think, uh, I'm going to probably pop him up above Evans here in my rankings, and, and I'll, I'll take him here in this mock. Yeah, uh, my next pick is going to be Amari Cooper. Uh, I know everyone's talked about bringing in C.D. Lamb, his la- bad end of the season. I think that was sort of injury-related, and sort of he's has been an inconsistent player uh, throughout his career. I know he has, for whatever reason, giant home road splits. I don't really believe in that. As a thing going forward, but uh, I just—he was wide receiver. He was a top five wide receiver to start to start the season, uh, bringing back Dak Prescott and that offense just taking a step forward. I think uh, I think he'll have another awesome year, and and he's only not even twenty six, almost almost twenty six years old. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I know uh, Harmon was talking about him on, a, or uh, I don't know if he wrote something or, or was in a podcast, but uh, about how. Cooper had been consistently one of the best route runners and last year it just seemed like he dropped off a bit on that. So that'll be something to watch, but I think that offense is going to open up more and, and that can only help uh, Cooper Gallup and uh, a lamb here this season. So I, I think that's a, an interesting pick at nine. Uh, I will go, uh, well, I'll go Mike Evans uh, at 10. He's my number six wide receiver. Uh, probably dropped down to seven now, but uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. He's still, relatively young i i just i don't think there's anybody i'd rather have above him right now uh where we're at so um that leaves you at 11 and then i'll wrap this up at uh at number 12 yeah i'll with, go with a guy that we talked about a bunch aj brown i think you kind of convinced me a little bit that move him down at least a little bit i had him at six i'll probably have him in that uh eight nine ten range i still am a big believer uh, i think i might have been a little a little over hopeful on what his target value might be going forward but I still think, you know, not even 23 years old yet uh, and having such a great year uh, young early in his career that he's got all the upside in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to – we've talked about Beckham enough, um, and uh, I guess we've talked about – we talked about the two rookie, the two top rookies uh, plenty uh, before as well. But I, I'm going to take a swing and say uh, Jerry Judy here. Um, like we talked about before, I think he can be right around that 100 target range in that Denver offense, even with uh, Sutton getting uh, you know 115 to 130 and and Fant jumping from 50 to to 75 or 80. Um, and I think he has the footwork coming in to to make an impact right away. 
uh, which not everybody on the rookie list is going to be able to do. So I'll take Judy as my 12. Obviously, on my rankings, that left me Beckham still above him that, that didn't go. Uh, and I, as we talked about, I might I might jumble around with him, uh, Beckham and, and Juju and, and the two rookies and, and see if I like uh, a different order a little bit better. But, yeah, I'll, I'll do Judy at 12, and, and I think that covers a, a pretty nice set of bases. And I'm sure some people will think I'm crazy for – trusting a rookie enough to be a, a top 12 pick at, at his position right off the bat. But I, I just, I really did think him and lamb were, were that good coming out this year. Um, and, and that's, that's something to celebrate because yes, next year's class is going to be real good up top. Uh, I think we, we get caught looking ahead the day after the draft almost every year and, and we definitely celebrate, you know, excellence like Judy and lamb were, in college and hope we get to see that at the NFL because that's just more fun than, than not. So uh, anything else uh, that, that you think we missed uh, today or, or that uh, stuck out to you uh, just in general? No, I think that should about wrap it up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like or, uh, next week, uh, uh, our episode will be about, we're going to combine quarterbacks and tight ends um, uh, both in redraft and dynasty. They they're kind of the same position, just uh, uh, different ends of the scoring spectrum. Uh, and so we're going to combine them next week. Uh, so that'll be kind of fun. Uh, it'll actually make the, the draft here at the end, uh, a little bit, uh, more interesting. Cause I think we'll just keep the two position groups together when we do it. So, um, again, thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, you can find the, the video of us, uh, two handsome chaps, uh, talking about this on YouTube. Uh, I'll try to get that out by tomorrow. Um, and then, uh, you can find the podcast on, on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, um, and at our podbean.com uh, site, which is uh, twolargedorks.podbean.com. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and then we'll see you next time.